Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, proudly brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, uh, 707 Walnut in Philly, always at LLPavorsky.com. Oh, we're Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners going engaged, right. I am Spike Eskin, along with the now awake Mike Levin. Good morning, Mike. Mm, live hard, sleep hard, some something. Die hard? Sure. <laughs> right. The podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud. And tune in your iTunes review of the week. We have we are up to uh, four hundred forty four um, so ratings. Close. Ratings, right? We we need your five star ratings. We have to get to a thousand. But this is my favorite review so far this week. Um, where is it? Hold on. Hold on. Uh, all right. I have to sort by most recent, not most helpful. Most helpful is obviously empty. Uh, all right. This is from Laxbro31. He gives it five stars. Subject line is life-changing. These guys play into my delusions, which is perfect. That's what we're here for. Um, some lottery party information because I had a meeting with the Xfinity Live guys this week, and we uh, we sorted out some things. So first of all, Tickets, as we mentioned on last podcast, are sold out. We did agree with the Xfinity Live people to put some addition, make some additional tickets available the Monday, the day before the lottery party. So Monday, 10 a.m. We don't know how many yet. We're actually going to see what the weather's like to figure out how many because we are at. We're at like capacity for the building, and that's including all of the, the smaller restaurants in the building. So they David, want... we were born on capacity. Yeah, we <laughs> right. I don't so, know what that means. Born on capacity is a great T-shirt. So, <laughs> so we are going to make some tickets available. We'll figure out like the week before how many. But Monday, ten a.m. Just watch our Twitter and our Facebook. They'll they'll be available at the same place that you got the other tickets. But the Monday before the lottery party at ten a.m. So. Um, if you and we still encourage people to trade tickets if you if you have extras and don't need them on Twitter and Reddit or whatever. But there will be more tickets on the Monday before the lottery party at 10 a.m. Again, this is all in an effort to make sure that the lottery party is enjoyable for everyone. We do have a I saw their vision for the raising of the banner, which is going to be the raising of the hinky retiring process banner. Wait, wait. You saw it like a temp of it going up? Well no, no, no. So they showed me exactly where it would be. They showed me um like God bless the Xfinity Live people who are are borderline more into this than we are, I think, at this <laughs> point. But they hung they showed me uh sort of a mock up based on a hung sheet in the arena in the in Xfinity Live where it will go up and we, <laughs> so they are going to they're they're rigging it so it will get raised to the rafters or whatever and um their vision and I I don't know if they're going to do this moving forward but their vision is like on Sixers game nights they will lower it and allow people to take pictures with the banner moving forward so that is awesome you've seen the banner I've seen the mock up the banner the banner is awesome like it is 
it is as retiring Sam Hickey in the process as it could possibly be. So uh, so we have the schedule. And we have like the mock-up for that. The L.L. Pavorsky engagement contest, which we'll get into during the L.L. Pavorsky commercial. Uh, there's going to be a spotlight, and it's like that is going to be awesome. Um, there's been talk of confetti. There's been talk of – oh, so we set up where the Vlade photo booth will be. I think that will be in 1100 Social. The Rebel photo booth I believe will be in um, Victory Brewing Company. Um, and finally, the mass podcast with us, um, Max and Jim. Uh, they're going to start a podcast at some point, so they'll be on it. Derek Bodner, we're waiting on Rich Hoffman, but we'll be on, weather permitting, we'll be on the stage outside of Xfinity Live after the lottery is drawn. So we'll get to react to it and we'll do, we normally do the podcast right after the lottery party. We'll do it live there um, on the stage with speakers and everything. So it's going to be something. Yeah. Something is a good way to describe it. And as I, as we said last time, the t-shirts are available, three lottery party t-shirt designs, uh, the Nerdlands one and two um, process and orchard designs, they are available at rightstorickysanchez.com. And all three of them benefit our charities, the Alzheimer's Association of the Delaware Valley and uh, the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. Oh, and one final thing, um, like all of this, the, the party itself will benefit both of those charities. Xfinity Live is upping their donation to both charities this year from last year too. So, so that's pretty cool too. So we'll, we'll have a, a big check to present uh, both of those charities that night. All right. Love it. Yeah. So um, I had, uh, I had a, uh, an interesting, I was thinking on my, I always think on my run this morning, I always come up with my best takes on the run. So I had a Dario take I wanted to throw at you. Um, I wanted to ask you about your Rookie of the Year hill that you're on real quick. Obviously, we want to talk about surgery, and we put out there uh, and asked me anything. We did a Reddit Ask Me Anything on the podcast before, and we have like almost 100 questions. So we'll go by the most upvoted questions and, and go through those. Um, first, I want to ask you about your, your uh, Rookie of the Year stance. Now, Dario goes for 32 last night, a win, yeah. over, a win over the – just you know what's funny about the Bulls is um, like before the year when they signed Wade and Rondo, two guards that ostensibly they, they can't shoot, and paired them with Jimmy Buck, who need the ball and can't shoot. By the way, um, can't shoot in a in a meaningful from distance way, and pair them with Jimmy Butler, who is a great player, but also not. I wouldn't say a shooter really, an outside shooter. And everyone said, "What are they doing?" That's not going to work. And here we are at the end of the year, and it didn't work. And is there that they may have had the worst off season, like the dumbest off season, that non Vlade off season that I can remember in recent history. Like who who couldn't have guessed that this was going to right? I mean, was well, there them and and the Knicks? I think the right the right. Knicks. And also, I think the Magic were doing some weird stuff. It was a weird offseason. People were just spending money. They had, it was like the, oh, we have money. Everyone has to sp- spend money or we're going to be bad. Yeah. Just like sign people to shitty contracts. Yeah, it's – it's. I mean they've really wasted – if I'm Jimmy Butler, I mean why – and you know, I think Jimmy Butler and Paul George are in an interesting – boy, like those two guys being available, both great players, but it really shows you how hard it is to get like a V guy in the NBA in that I don't think either of those guys are 
I think both of those guys are second best player on championship team type guys. Boy, how hard does it show you how hard it is to get the number one best player on championship team guys? That those guys are so good, they're probably the best guys available on the market. You know, when you when you start to include free agency, you can think about Hayward and all those other guys. But boy, I uh, think I think both could be could be the guy. Really? Yeah, I mean, Indiana a couple years ago was like right. They were like, what are they, like a second seed? Like, they were there, and they just had a pretty bland team around them. I, they're not nearly as good as LeBron, obviously, but I think they could be with a, with a good team around them. I think they could, they could do it. But, but they, would have to be, they would have to be less in the mold of, like when I think of best players on championship teams in the last 30 years, neither of those guys, aside from the Pistons teams of, you know, the Rashid Wallace Pistons team that the, the the Chauncey Rip Hamilton team, which is mm-hmm. the exception rather than the rule. I think every best player on I don't want to get off on this tangent, but I'm, I'm actually this is interesting. Every best player would probably be better than those guys, right? Um, I mean, some of those late Spurs teams, right, were just like a really good team, right? I I I really think Paul George's and uh, both of them really. Paul George is incredibly talented and could be as good as anybody in the league he could be one of the top three players in the league um jimmy has, has worked himself into being in in that conversation in the top 10 ish uh i agree that it's hard for sure but if i think if they if with a with a legitimate team around them like lebron played with wade and bosh if they had prime wade and bosh next to them they could be those guys i think right yeah that's fair um, yeah, and I agree with you. I, I think Paul George over Butler. But but anyway, so Dario last night, Dario has continued to um, perform in his Dario way, and the, the Sixers have continued to win some games, which is uh, which is pretty crazy. It's, it's it's getting into. I know you're like happy with it a little bit, but uh, too good. It's, yeah, too well, always too good. Yeah, forever. Right. Uh, they're twenty seven and forty five right now. Um, Orlando is at four at twenty seven and forty six, right? And then we're at seven at twenty seven and forty five, tied with the Knicks and the pick swaps. So, and the Minnesota is only a game and a half out either. So, it's it's getting close. The Knicks are the Knicks are tanking very obviously and and well. Yep. Um. And it's it's we're getting into danger area. I'd really like to have at least one of us or Sacramento Just, in the four in the four five area. Yeah, it's going to be. Let me. And it there's been a lot of tanking in the last 15 years in different years. This is going to be with that with the the group of teams sort of you know bunched around each other in three ish towards seven or four to seven, four to eight even. There's going to be some really tanky stuff happening the last two weeks of this season. Well, and and two and three right now the right. Lakers and and Suns are t- are separated by half a game. Yeah. So that if that Lakers pick drops to three. And that's even more. I mean, it's going to be. It is. It is so obvious how much people are tanking, yeah, and just pulling guys and being self righteous about it. It is. It is a joke. Everyone. No one has any integrity. Everyone is a hypocrite, and I want them all to lose their picks because of them saying shit before. And now, guess what? They ain't saying shit. Fuck them. Well, Fuck them all. and number one on that list for me, I, due to recency bias, is Luke Walton. I mean, Luke, yeah. Wal- Luke Walton can eat my ass, you know, Mister well, and, and 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 Genie Bus, yeah, yeah, and and Phoenix, who is built, rebuilding the right way, back a couple of days, and then 
Orlando, the same thing. I mean, like we have we have beef with everybody. Is yeah. is what's the best thing? We can we can find a specific reason to have beef with every single team. Yep. And uh, and the Sixers, I mean, they're the best. I want I want them to keep beating teams and 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 just pissing them off. But uh, without anyone, I mean, last night we beat Chicago very handily. Yeah. With when they they were at mostly full strength and we 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 were playing Sean Long twenty five minutes. What's happening? Yeah. How are they so good? Well, it's I think. Um, well, hold on before we get into this. Um, you are you're every once in a while. Uh, Ducking the rookie of the year. Talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every I'll once in a while. Well, okay. Every once in a while, I'm actually going to liken this to uh, Godner. So every once in a while, Derek Bodner um, <laughs> stands on a hill that I'm like, I, I stand from far away and go, okay, Derek, I understand what you're doing, but don't, this is not the hill. Not the hill, not the hill, not the hill. And I always watch this is, it. This is the hill. Right. And so this is, this, this is the hill. So you are still on, Embiid is clearly the rookie of the year. It's not close. It will never be close. <laughs> so you okay. he's, the, he's the best defensive big man in the game. But he's he's, okay. he's an MVP. All right. P candidate. All right. Can I can I ask this though? And I'm I'm yeah. with you generally about the um the the you know, there's no rule that says you have to play so many games, so on and so forth. But there is, you know, the the old uh uh tired saying would be you know the best ability is availability there there is something i've never heard i've never heard that before oh you haven't no i think that's a terrible saying it's great though but but (laughs) but but think about it think about it like if if you i'm looking for a husband Uh, i just need him to be around well no okay (laughs) let let me ask you this let me ask you this all right um let's fast forward we are um we are one we are one year from now right and and the Sixers are 500-ish, and we, we've decided we want them to get the, the eighth seed and get into the playoffs because it would be fun. That's what we've decided. Which, which we do. Right. So, but right now, today, you, have to, you can have one of the two players, all, all, like, all things being equal. Like you can – like Joel Embiid is the Joel Embiid that you know him as. Like with injury issues, it is right now today you have to decide one year from now in a meaningful game that may decide whether we get into the playoffs or not. You have to decide today you can have Dar- you can pick Dario or Embiid and the other guy is not available. Who do you pick? Embiid. What? But, but because what I'm saying is is that there is a a more than reasonable chance that Embiid won't even be available to you. Right? Like the 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 um being able to play in the games is a it is part of all of this. So like if they're both healthy, sure, absolutely. But I think it's pretty realistic to think that Embiid won't be healthy, like given what we've known. So Yeah, I, but that's not the that's not the question about regular year. Well, but I think it is in that being able to play in the games is part of it. Like I, yeah, I just don't give a shit. I think it's like who is clearly the best rookie this year? It's, he didn't play two games. It wasn't well, but, like oh, that's nothing. Thirty-one games is a good enough sample size to like take a take a reasonable look at okay, who was actually the best rookie this year? And he was a game-changing rookie in that like the Sixers could have made the playoffs had he stayed healthy. Well, Dario is great. I love him, but he's affecting the game on one side of the court. And he had a pretty bad half a season. 
first. Okay, well, let me ask you this then. If if Joel Embiid, if it, he performed exactly the same way he did perform, but he only played it 18 games, would he be rookie of the year? Mm, 18's on the border. I think anything over 25, I would have been like 20, 25. Okay, so there is a It's like a reasonable, like, what's enough, to, what, what's enough, like, when you, when you, and if you hear, like, the Sixers have played this X well their last this many games right. to where you're not like, oh, that's just a, you know, that's a cherry picked sample. Right. 31 is like a decent chunk of it. Okay. And also it's a longer stretch because it was 31 almost, almost simultaneous or almost uh, consecutive ish because he didn't play in the back to back. So it was a longer pool of time. It wasn't like just a month and a half or however many games 31 in a row would be. Uh, it was so. It was like, right? He 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 only missed a, like a couple of weeks here and there, but until end of January, February, he had played in everything pretty much. Well, so so okay. So you're staying. You're you're. No, there's nothing Dario can do aside from scoring 58 a game for the rest of the year that will that will change your stance. I love basically. Dario. I He's know. I know. I know. Great. This is not a ne- negative Dario thing, but but you're saying that that. Uh, unless something unbelievable happens, that you are staying with Embiid as rookie of the year. Nothing unbelievable could happen unless Dario grows four inches and becomes a rim protector, and his lateral quickness improves, and then you get the time machine and improves his lateral quickness in the seventies played. Like I love Dario; he's great. I'm so happy he's here. I want to be here forever. Post game interviews are my favorite thing about this season. But Embiid is, oh, he's the next Hakeem. And you you could see for a, a good enough chunk of time that it's not fake that this guy is the guy. And I think it's on both sides of the court. It uh, He reinvigorated a city. Like people, just in terms of like perception around the league, even like everything about it from like top to bottom, it's Embiid. When people think about this draft class, they're going to think about Embiid. When they talk about this year, who's the best rookie this year, they'll say, Embiid, I wish he played more. Like, Dario's great. I love him. I'd be, I'd be happy for him if he won rookie of the year. But, there, but the argument that there was some enough games, it just, it, it just it feels like sand. Get out. Who's the best rookie? It's Joe. Give it to him. See ya. All right. So I have two more questions. Okay. Uh, well, no, I have one more question regarding this, and then I'm going to move into an, a different Dario thing. Okay. So if, if and and I expect this is actually very possible, if Dario wins Rookie of the Year, and the number two in voting for Rookie of the Year is Joel Embiid, and I'm going to propose this because Retweet Armageddon hasn't been mentioned a lot. If the top two rookies in Rookie of the Year voting are Dario Saric and jo- Joel Embiid. Like, is that enough for you for retweet Armageddon? The guy, I think that the, I think that would absolutely be enough for me. The never healthy guy and the like. Uh, ob- obviously, given the fact that Darius Arch still hasn't come over and Joel Embiid has never played in an NBA game, them winning, them being one and two in Rookie of the Year, I, I think that is a re- somebody suggested this on Twitter, and I'm not going. To, I, I I don't know where it is, so I'm not going to. Maybe it was on Reddit, and I get yelled at. I now, think that's up. I think that's it. it. I okay. think that would do it. Okay. I, I I empathize with Weber, who is uh, who is, you know, hold out for the best moment thing. But yeah. I think Six this would be good and this would be good enough to so such an obvious like how can a team win first and second rookie of the year while their actual first overall pick didn't even play this year? Right. 
I think that would be I think that would that would that would do the trick. Okay, then I will propose it. I will I will bring that up to the the retweet Armageddon Congress. Okay, so let me move into an, another thing, and I, I promise we'll get to the we'll get to all the AMA stuff in the the second half of the podcast. So I'm running this morning. And, and by the way, sorry. And by the way, rookie of the year, if I recall correctly, we've talked about this before, would be on lottery night. I believe, I, or the day before, or the okay. day of, right around there. We don't, we don't have a hard date for that. We just have what happened last year. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I remember it being towns, right? It was towns. I think they announced it. Yeah, yeah. By the way, the lottery party is going to be awesome. I'm very excited for this year's lottery party. I was, I was super. I'm nervous every year, but I'm actually more excited than I am nervous and stressed this year because I, I, I feel like the I, I've never had an an in town partner like i have with xfinity live and they that's great are, yeah it's very it's very and it's good. also we've been there it's already we've already done a yes. year with them so yeah. it's like they get it it's not it's i'm good. i'm nervous and guilty because i don't think i can make it you're gonna make it we're gonna figure out a way i'm telling you we're gonna figure out a way you're gonna make it you're gonna make it i'm, I'm it, not, might, it might be me and john gonzalez on a, on skype on I'm, the big screen i'm not i'm not accepting that i will find a way we will we, trust me we will get into a, a month away and i am going to work i we have found a way to get everything done with this stupid podcast, and we are we are retiring. We are a banner is going to I know. the ceiling. Look, I know, right. I know, I know. Okay. I feel bad about it. Okay. I feel bad. All right, so, uh, all right, so here's the next Dario thing. So I'm running and thinking about Dario, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm always I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm always thinking to myself, what if Brian Colangelo knows what he's doing? And mm-hmm. I, I started thinking about Dario, and I started thinking about. You know, we never got, and I don't want to get into a long discussion about his fit with Ben Simmons because it's not, it's currently not very good. And I'm fine with Dario as six man, all that kind of stuff. But Dario right now is doing a, like a six week end of season version that was sort of like, um, in some ways, like MCW's rookie season. And like, he, he still can't shoot. Um, his usage rate is like sort of through the roof and he's much more skilled than MCW. I'm not comparing him in like, I think Dario is going to be a really good NBA player. And I was, I got out on MCW pretty quick. I think, I mean, not, not first two months quick, but pretty quick, but I I think Dario is going to be good. But what if Brian, like, is there a real possibility that this showcase makes him look way better than he is? And he ends up given his questionable fit with Ben Simmons on the floor at the same time that Dario Saric ends up being a key piece in a trade this offseason and we are we are running everything through Dario to try to raise his value to trade him no no chance yeah I don't think so now no chance I, he gets traded or no chance that that is the impetus for doing this I think both okay I think it's it's troublesome when when people that you don't I mean, troublesome when people you don't agree with, uh, we just label them as idiots and just total bumbling fools like right. they did yep. with, you know, DeLeo and Stefanski and whoever back in the day, whatever, and now Colangelo. But it's also troublesome to, to do it the opposite, which is I hate them. They're so schemy and bad that every single thing that happened is like them scheming this, like spinning this web of destruction intent on pissing you off. So I think that, I think it's, both on side, I think, I think Dario is very good, and everybody in Philadelphia, especially Brett Brown and Seamus Clancy, really love him and are happy that he's there. Uh, Simmons is a guy that you don't 
know if he's ever going to shoot. You don't know if he's – I mean, they're saying he's healthy. He's healthy enough to be practicing and stuff and whatever the agent stuff is. It looks like he's going to play next year, uh, you know, for sure. Maybe. But it looks like it. But I Maybe. I don't think you trade the, the rookie of the year for <laughs> uh, – just because you have another guy coming in that's also good at a similar position. I think I think that's a problem that you can address in if after half a season of them playing well together or playing well separately but not playing well together and once you know what you have, I think it'd be I think it'd be early and premature and and more hinkyish than Colangelo-ish to to uh anticipate this Overanticipated, I think, would, yeah. for a trade. I, I wouldn't do it. I, I, I'm totally cool with Dario playing, you know, 28 minutes a game as uh, as the sixth man. Like, even, I'm totally fine with it. Or Let's, even 24, let, by the way, even 24 minutes a game. Yeah. Like, he, he can and be very meaningful in 24 minutes. Absolutely. And and I would love to see a bunch of lineup changes. I love to see uh, like a Simmons Dario Covington front court. Yeah. For well, uh, for some time, well, I think that's. There's a lot of fun, different change-ups. I, I don't think you trade a guy that's as versatile as Dario, even if he can't defend positions other than fours right now. Maybe he gets better at defending threes. Um, I don't think I don't think you just trade him because you got somebody else coming in. I think I think we're still in the uh, look, how happy are we that we have so much talent? And I don't think unless it's for a next level player that really, really, really would make a difference than uh than i don't think i mean like a, like a paul george kind of thing right. not that i wouldn't trade diary for paul george but I, as in terms of being part of the package it would have to be that not like like good enough veteran okay um well yeah i i did i didn't think good enough veteran i so i was i guess somewhere in between mm-hmm. paul george and good enough veteran all right uh the and and you know what, as far as like the dario simmons um Front court, I I agree with you. I think Dario actually has a better chance at defending most fives than he does threes at this point. And yeah. you, you could put Dario at five and Simmons at four and Covington at three. I mean, they're going to to go back to Sam's violence at the rim thing. Like we could be, we could put out giant lineups out there, like it, enormous giant lineups with um, giant small lineups, like the, yeah. you know what I mean? Like a, a, a big lineup that doesn't have a center, but still everyone's six, seven or six, eight or six, nine, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's all, it almost be like Covington is your rim protector. Cause Simmons at least hasn't shown any much shot blocking. Yeah. And but Simmons is a really good rebounder. So at least on that, in that sense, you'd be, you'd be safe. I, it'd just be interesting. It'd be an interesting, version of just like guys who can pass at every position yeah and then shooters it'd be uh it's gonna be good man i know that it's been every year we talk about the next year like it's gonna be the thing and well, this year we had we, we had the one month like yep. it was actually working and everything was happening even still without our number one overall pick but it seems like next year's gonna thing it seems like it's gonna happen i feel like it's i mean i feel like i've almost since the in the last monthish, I feel like I've sort of drifted away from Sixers. I don't like tweet about them as much. I'm not like I'm not like live tweeting much games. I'm watching, but it's like it's it's very play out the stringy. Yeah. Um, well, we get also, to this point every year. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like I've especially this year. It seems yeah. like there's just it's so like you know it's it's like the holiday dinner when uh, when you're 
son's not there because he's away at college and there's just like an empty plate. Like it's like that. I feel that watching the Sixers where it's like all my all my children are not here. It's well, close. It it's funny you talking about um, next year or whatever, and they you know you feel like everything's going to like the the uh, a metaphor used. Gotta stay optimistic. Well, a metaphor often used is the Charlie Brown kicking the football thing, and he still goes to kick the football, and she still keeps pulling it away. And we are – like there has never been a fan base more Charlie Brown on the football than us. Like we are – we are forever – the football, instead of saying uh, Wilson or whatever written on it, it says like – um, Vorp or something. Surgery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it always gets pulled away. All right, let's quick. <laughs> speaking of foot surgery, let's quick talk about Embiid. Take a break to talk about Ella Pavorsky and then get into AMA. All right, so Embiid has successful meniscus tear surgery yesterday. They say they expect him to resume basketball activities in the summer. I'd like to give credit to my coworker Chris Carlin, who all along said that. He would have surgery after season tickets uh, money was due. Season ticket money was due on Friday. He had surgery uh, on Friday night. And I wonder if they would have even – right, I know. If they would have announced it. Remember, the only reason I think they announced it on Thursday was because Mark Stein ended up with the scoop and reported it. I don't know if they leaked it to him or whatever, but it is pretty amazing that it all happened at the same time. I don't know. I hope he recovers. I had that moment that we have every year with Embiid where I feel bad for him as a person during the year, and I just hope he's able to come back. I hope um, he is able to, during this, I hope they take a serious look at, hey, buddy, like, like um, maybe like they need to, maybe you don't need to run into the crowd every time. Maybe you need to yeah. learn how to land when you're jumping. You know, you're much bigger than you used to be. I think they they probably need to take a step a minute to re-examine without going into the Okafer's been recovering from a meniscus tear for a year and a half. You know, a lot of people recover from a meniscus tear in like in three months and they're fine or two months. So he could be fine. I just, um, I, I fingers are crossed for him. Guy's been through a lot. Yeah. Yep. For sure. That's, uh, he keeps coming to have surgery in LA and like, does he know that I live here? Like he could just reach out. Right. And say, hey man, come come watch my surgery. Yeah. I'd watch i I'd watch someone dive into Joe's knee. Oh no, no, foot. no. I can't Whatever. watch that kind of stuff. I can't I can I'd watch it. No. I would live tweet his surgery. I can't. One of the, the shows that, that made me the sickest was when I tried to watch the Nick on Cinemax. Yeah. I can't Recently watch canceled the Nick. What's that? Just oh. got canceled. Oh, did it? Uh yeah. I I can't watch um surgery like that. It grosses me out. Uh, all right, so let's talk about our um, the sponsor of the Ricky, the lifetime sponsor of the Ricky. That is LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Thirty, I think it's still thirty three, but we got an email this week from another satisfied LL Pavorsky customer, didn't we? Now I don't think that's thirty four. I st- I still think we're at thirty three, but um, let me read that to you real quick. Hey fellas. Wanted to drop in and thank the Ricky for pointing me in Lee's direction for an engagement ring. I had a great experience working with Lee yesterday and ultimately picked out an awesome engagement ring. Who would have thought my weird obsession with a historically bad basketball team will lead would lead me to an inc- incredible ring-buying experience? As a jewelry novice, I was quite intimidated by the whole ring-buying process, but Lee made it quick, easy, enjoyable, and painless. So thanks again. So every email— We get, we, we get so many emails about this. I know, and they're all I'm the same. I'm almost tired of it. Yes. 
Lee, you're good. We yeah. get it. So, Stop telling people to email us. So no, I love it. I love getting it's it because it makes me fine. feel good, right? Um, so LL is giving. I want to talk about the giveaway. So we LL is giving away a beautiful uh, engagement ring at the lottery party. the The caveat is we are giving it away to somebody who wants to get engaged at the lottery party. I'm telling you this as somebody who has walked through it with Xfinity Live rather quickly. It's going to be awesome. Now. It's Wait, going. Who, propo- who proposed to who? You were in Xfinity Life. No, 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 no. I was there. We, I, like the, what this is. You didn't going do like a mock proposal, like Xfinity Life got on one e. No, no, no. You no, blushed. No. But we were, we were in the spot. We talked about lighting, all that. So here's what I will say. Yes, you're getting engaged at the lottery party, and that is a certain kind of engagement. But we are going to make it cool for somebody who gets engaged at the lottery party. The ring itself. Retail value of $7,500, a Halo-style engagement ring, uh, over one carat, um, 18 carat gold, 18 carat white gold. But you have to get engaged at the party. Here's how you register. Go to rightstorickysanchez.com, go to the lottery party link, and click on the giveaway. Um, What's going to happen is we are going to take all of the entries at 6 o'clock, the night of the lottery party. We are going to text the winner. If you're there, you'll come over, we'll give you the scoop, and then about an hour later, you will end up proposing in front of everybody at the lottery party. It's going to be friggin' awesome. I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, there's, we will have video of it, professionally shot video. You don't have to worry about that. You'll have 3,000 people taking pictures of it, so it'll be great. So uh, once again, llpavorsky.com. If you want an engagement ring, make sure you reach out to LL and make an appointment before you go over there, 215-627-2252, or email him at the website, or tweet him at llpavorsky. And for every podcast, LL makes a generous donation to the Alzheimer's Association of the Delaware Valley and the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. LL Pavorsky Jewelers... Oh, I forgot to do one. Oh, there it is. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right. I was, I was, I, tw- I did a uh, tankathon and got uh, Sixers King, Sixers Kings one two, pick swap. Well, we'll we'll get. I feel, to I, feel it. I feel great about it. The, I feel. There's a couple of moments in there. By the way, tankathon got blocked at my work for some reason. No. I, so when, so I work for a big. Company. That is. Fascistic. Right. So I work for a big company and those decisions, they're obviously made through some sort of algorithm. They're not made on a local level. And normally when something gets blocked that shouldn't, I just fill out this form and like it's a quick online form and it gets unblocked. Um, now I did fill out the tankathon form. I didn't go back afterwards, but I'll try it on Monday and I'll give you, I'll give you the update. But uh, there, there are a couple of questions regarding that on the Reddit AMA. Okay. So let's, let's run. Before we get to it, yes. I wanted to say one thing to you. Yes. Because you hold me accountable for my shitty takes yes. months later, often. Yeah. And I want to know where you are. You've been you've been directing your ire at Giannis lately. Yes. But it, it seems like you've been saying less things about Russell Westbrook. I want to hear they're playing pretty good ball. Yeah, they're but I'll, I'll doing tell you. a much better than you had thought that they would. Well, maybe I'm, in terms I'm bringing of bringing this to your attention. Maybe in terms of record, and hang on, let me let me look at something real quick. Like my take on Russell Westbrook is not that they can't be like, like I, I think it's splitting hairs if you're talking about did they win forty three games or forty seven games, right? Like my take on Russell Westbrook is that if he is going to play that way, their ceiling is um, is 
incredibly limited because nobody is going to want to play with a guy who plays that way. And they have had, has he played well? Like you ever, you remember like a couple of times over the last five years of Kobe's career when Kobe decided for two weeks that he was going to be a distributor and had like nine assists a game. And then eventually he just went back to being Kobe. Like uh, has Russell Westbrook had a few weeks in which he is not such an like a ball dominant asshole. Yeah, absolutely. And can they, he's a fantastic player in terms of uh, talent. He is probably top three in the NBA, top five in the NBA. But since he came into the league, they have had the same problem with ball movement, no matter his teammates, no matter his coach. And I, I don't like to point at his teammates and say, look at what he's doing with these guys. I don't think it's fair either because I think he's got some pretty good players on that team. And when you look at the Oklahoma City Thunder this year, their point differential, they are plus one for the year, which is essentially barely over a 500 team. And that's what they will end up being. So like, did they have any chance of winning the NBA championship this year? And I think that answer is very clearly no. Um and I th- like my take at the beginning of the season was basically they're tenth. They're tenth in the league in point differential, so it's that's better than five hundred. Well, but tenth in the league is um, no. I mean that's not how it works, really. I don't think like if you are if your point differential is zero, then you are you should win as many games as you lose, right? I mean, just, basically. Well, right. I'm just saying right now the rest of the league like Atlanta's of minus one point two. The right well, now okay. they are tenth in the league in point differential, and in terms of record, they are also I think like. Tenth in the league, sure. Maybe, but higher. but but here is the Denver Nuggets are are have a point six, a plus point mm-hmm. six point differential, mm-hmm. and the Denver Nuggets like aren't like in any real way are not good. Like my my, we talked before the year. I remember we talked about Harden and Westbrook, and I was like, I remember I my I think my MVP pick was Harden. And I thought that they had – I got questioned on this. They had a way better chance to be really good than Oklahoma City did. And I think that is proving to be correct because James Harden is not a person who, though he is incredibly ball dominant, he is a person who like everybody on that team like stays in the game when he's playing. I don't think Russell Westbrook is that way. And Russell Westbrook – like. I don't think there's any doubt that he wants to win every game, but I think that he thinks the only way that they can win every game in a close game is if in the last five minutes he is taking every single shot. And I just don't think that's how it works. And I think if you are the point guard or the most ball-dominant player, you cannot be that way. It doesn't work. History has shown it doesn't work. The most ball-dominant player on the team has to be somebody who who is not a ball stopper or the or you don't win and i i don't think he is uh, it doesn't prevent him from becoming that at some point but i still don't think he is that of course but in spite of all that you went on a couple anti russ rants and the team is playing better well most than- of, most of my anti russ rants are uh, about how he is covered not about him so like when i most of them are about like if you if you go through my twitter stuff it was mostly about like he would go for a triple double um and they would lose to the suns and the headline would be Russell Westbrook scores another triple double. Not sure. that they lost to the third worst team. In nobody, the NBA. nobody likes the way anybody writes headlines for sure. Well, right. Well, so that my, but you know, most of my issue, and that's the same thing with Giannis, is not about the player himself. It is about how people react to the player. Sure, and that sure. is that is mostly what it's about. So, but I, I, I'm impressed by how how good Oklahoma City is. They're with, not that with good. I, they're forty-one and thirty is is like a good 
team. They could win 50 games. That's that's legitimate. 50 well, games is is legitimate. Well, they're not going to win 50 games. I mean, they're not going to. They could, but they're not going to. We'll see. We'll see. Um, just, I, I look, look, man. Just trying to get you to eat a little bit of crow. Just no, a little bit here well, and there. I eat, I eat plenty. Just once in a while, a little bit, a little bit your way. All right. I'm not prepared to eat crow on that yet. I don't think that my Fair. stance. Has... If they win a first round matchup against the Clippers or Utah or whoever, is that a little bit? Yeah. That some... Yeah. Yeah. If they win a first round matchup, we can talk again. Okay. Um, and that you know, just because I'm being nice, I won't bring up the crow one that I was going to make you eat today. So we'll 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 just you go did to you, you tweeted I saw it. Yeah, but I, I didn't I didn't tweet it to everybody. I just tweeted it back to. To, to that one person. I did not tweet that to everybody. Look, it's fine. I was wrong. It was a bad take. It was a bad take. It was – okay, so the rationale for it, the what Spike's referring to is uh, midway through his rookie year, yep. uh, to through their rookie years, I think Sharp had a ranking of uh, like a, an updated rookie ranking. and uh, And we were talking about it on the pod. We're talking about the pod, and Jaleel Okafor was ranked below Devin Booker. Right. And I said, no, a half a season is not enough. Even though I never liked Jaleel, never liked his fit here, you can go back and listen to the post-draft. You said you wouldn't trade him for Devin Booker. But I said I would not trade him for Devin Booker at the time. (laughs) And I was like, because his value, it's like the value, it's the same reason Hinky picked him and tried to get cocky and and then then whatever. And, uh... No, I was wrong. Didn't work out. I I think it came at a time. I still love Devin Booker. I'm not a huge Devin Booker fan. 70 points is insane. Well, yeah. uh, It puts him in pretty elite company. It does, certainly. But, but, yeah, I mean, I'd I'd make that trade. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because it was – I think it was at the same point that I – like, obviously, I make very quick decisions on on players by looking at them. And I had watched very little Devin Booker until the All-Star weekend. And I watched him for, like, like six minutes. And I was like, oh, I like him. And that that was it. Like, that was all my Devin Booker take was uh, was based on was six minutes. But I think there was only – somebody tweeted today. There's only, like, five players who have ever scored 70 points a game. But David Robinson, Kobe, Wilt, Elgin Baylor – uh, Michael Thompson, and I think it's uh, it's Devin Booker now. So, all right, let's go through AMA. All right, first one. I'm just doing this ranked by most upvotes, so I'll just go from top to bottom. Uh, first question: Is a cereal a soup? I've asked you this many times, Spike. Please, I need to know. Uh, I think it is not a soup, and here's why. Um, when you look at the definition of a soup, a soup is a like the first words are a liquid base, um, and then it goes into most times with a you know, made with meat, blah, 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 blah. A cereal, to me, the base is not liquid, that the liquid is the 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 complement to the cereal. So a bowl of cereal, while there is liquid in it, um, is still a bowl of cereal if you remove the liquid. If you put the liquid in there and don't put the cereal, it's it's not anything anymore. So I do not think a bowl of cereal is a soup. Do you have a, an opinion on this? No, I defer to you on that. Okay. You're the... You're the soup cereal guy. Okay. That's your role. <laughs> well, it all comes from the – somehow I got remembered as the hot dog sandwich guy. But uh, I think that's where it comes from. All right. Rank the tanks slash rebuilds over the last five years. Sixers, Lakers, Magic, Suns, Timberwolves, Kings, Nets, Bucks, Nuggets. That's half the league. Yeah, right. Um, well, obviously the Kings are the worst, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Obviously, the, the and we're doing it at like at this stage of the rebuild, or, yeah. or or respective to each stage, how well are they doing it at that stage? No, I I think we'll just say how 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 well have they done their rebuild? Let's look All at right. them right now. Say the teams again: Sixers, Kings. Lakers, uh-huh. uh huh, Magic, Suns, uh huh, Timberwolves, Kings, Nets, Bu- Nets, uh, Bucks, Nuggets, Nuggets. Okay, interesting. So the Kings are obviously the worst, right? So the Kings are the Kings are the worst. Then I would probably say the Magic. Right. Well, so it comes down to the the Nets and the Magic for the next worst, I think. But the thing that I like I think, about I think the Nets the, the Nets are doing everything that they should be doing. Right. There's obviously they're in trouble, but in terms of like what their rebuild is like, they are doing all the right things. Whereas the Magic has been, have been rebuilding for years, like ready to do the thing. And they've just been like fumbling over themselves. The Nets are like, we have nothing. We need to just take take lottery picks on, take flyers on, Karis LeVert, see if KJ McDaniels has something, Spencer Dinwiddie, all that stuff. I think they're doing everything right. So I'm, I don't have the Nets there at all. But at least the Magic have Aaron Gordon, I guess. You know, like where they are in the yeah. I I I, 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 still, I sort think of agree. saying how well how well they're doing their rebuild. I think it's right. like more than just who's on the team right now. Okay. So let's try to go first. Um, I, you know, first to me is either the Sixers or the Timberwolves. It's hard to it's, – it's really as bad as the Timberwolves, the front part of this was. It's sort of hard to argue Cat and Wiggins and Levine and – you know what I mean? Like it is – I think it's hard mm-hmm. to argue that. No? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the Sixers first. Okay. So who are you yeah. putting – are you putting Timberwolves second? I would go probably Sixers, Wolves, Nuggets, Bucks, Suns. Nets. No, I go Nets. I like what uh, the Nets are doing. They're doing everything right right now. Obviously, they have a lot to go, and their teams their team isn't better than these guys. But I right. think like the way they're handling it is right. Sixers, Wolves, Nuggets, Bucks, or maybe Bucks Nuggets. Uh, well, Nets. Well, can, can I can I just throw a wrench in this Bucks thing? There is, there is there is there is a uh, an argument to be made that the the Bucks have sort of lucked into this. Like the Bucks did p- trade that Lakers pick for Michael Carter Williams, which Definitely. was a horrible move. Um, they have been pretty like r- and you know uh, j- some, ba- they, some bad picks. Yeah, uh, I, they look better without Jabari Parker. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think the Bucks. Thing well, they is, look better with Jerry Parker, but Middleton is back. So that's I don't yeah. know that that's a that's a that's a bad thing about uh, Parker to, as as it is a good thing about Middleton. Okay, and I think the Suns sort of got unlucky in that their team got they were trying to tank the year they got good, and and they just ended up better than they thought they were going to be. You yeah, know? I still I still hold it against them. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I still hold it together. I'll never, I'll, I'll never forgive the sun. Right. Although they, they do a bunch of guys that I like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's say mine is Sixers, Wolves, Bucks, Nuggets, and the top four are all kind of close. I really yeah. do like Jokic a lot. Maybe Jokic should be higher. Um, Sixers, Wolves, Bucks, Nuggets, Nets, Lakers, Suns, Magic, Kings. Next question. This question, um, and I, I, I don't know that you're capable of answering this because I don't know if you have even seen this movie, but maybe this person knows something that I do. Please recast – this is for you specifically. 
please recast the iconic 2004 movie Troy using only former and current Sixers players, staff, and important figures. Draft picks and certain GMs slash owners can and should be included as needed. Have you ever yeah, seen I was, Troy? Well, I was uh, clearly don't follow my Twitter account closely enough. Oh, uh, no. No, I, didn't. Uh, I was on my buddy's podcast uh, about movies, and we we uh, I, we talked about the movie Troy for a while. Oh, okay. The whole podcast is me and my writing partner on my on our other friend Shane's podcast talking about the movie Troy. So Troy is sort of an interestingly bad movie, I think. Like, yes, that's. You know? We'll listen to the podcast. We'll okay. find out yeah. our takes about it. Yeah. Um, the podcast is called Playing Favorites. Okay. And I tweet, I tweeted about it. I'll tweet it again. Um, so recast the movie Troy. So Achilles. Using only former Sixers, is that the deal? Former and current Sixers, players, staff, important figures. So you can use draft picks, owners, GMs. Wow. Um, this is too much. I'll do like a couple roles. Okay. I think I think Embiid has to be Achilles uh, for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, that He's, feels perfect. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. Um, who would be, I think... Josh Harris would play um, Orlando Bloom's part as Paris, the uh, the scared younger brother. I feel good about that. Um, I feel like Helen of Troy would be Dario. Either Dario or it could be Okafor. I know that doesn't sound right, but Okafor is in the fa- as in the reason they went to war and the the face that launched a thousand ships. Like Okafor, obviously isn't as uh, classically handsome as Helen of Troy. But I think as as the instigator and the onset of war, I would say maybe Okafer is Helen of Troy. Um, and then uh, Brad Pitt's cousin played by, uh, what's his name from all those, uh, I don't remember his name. Uh, the cousin who dies, uh, who he's vaguely sexual with i would say that that is jakar because jakar had to die unfortunately for us in in a sad way right so that's that's what I'll, that's what i'll give you i'll say ogre jakar Embiid, and josh harris okay here is a uh i like this question this is a positive jigsaw uh and it's a basketball one so inverted jigsaw he calls it here are the two good options you have to choose from option number one Sixers land picks one and four on the night of the process is dead lottery party and Hickey's jerseys jersey is raised to the rafters in a poetic last hurrah that results in two top four picks in the deepest draft in the process era. Sixers roll out a starting five of Embiid, Simmons, Saric, the 2017 number one, the 2017 number four, all direct results of Hinkie's process. The added bonus here is that in addition to being awesome for the Sixers, the resulting lottery party moment when we get one and four would be unforgettable and epic. And I'll add in that one comes courtesy of the swap. Got to. Um, number two, the Lakers pick does not convey this year. However, oh, okay, well then, I, then I'm then i not going to add that to the first one. 
I'm sorry. The Lakers pick does not convey this year. However, the Sixers get the number one pick via the Kings pick swap. The Lakers pick then conveys as the number one overall pick in 2018. And then three the, straight, and three then the, straight, four straight number one overall right. picks. And then the <laughs> Kings pick conveys as the number one overall pick in uh, 2019, resulting in four straight number one overall picks. <laughs> three of those four being direct results of hinky trade fleecings. Mike, what do you take? All right, so one and four this year, or one 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 over the next, or I guess yeah. Simmons already happened. So one 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 the next three years. Yeah, um, that's a very good question. I would feel guilty about getting number one over pick so, so many times in a row. I felt guilty when we got Simmons for whatever reason. I feel like if too many good things happen to us, like obviously good things, like making a good draft pick later is wow. like that was talent. But if luck bounces our way too many times, I would feel guilty. I'd feel. There's like a Jewishness inside me that's like, oh, no, too much, too, too much, less, 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 less. So I'd probably that'd probably kill me if they got one too many years in a row. Uh, I would say one and four this year because by next year, I mean, we're not even going to we can draft number one overall pick. We're not even going to play him where I have so many good players. I would take one and four this year just because I'm selfish and the lottery party would be bananas and we will we will make every national news story ever as the plays actually combust. Like yes. we would we would all explode. There would be guts all over the walls. All right. Um but great question. One one yeah. one one is is, is a right. Lot. Yep. Uh all right. Who will not be on the team this year that is currently on the roster? And I'll just I'm just gonna read them to you. Uh, Justin Anderson won't be on the team, right? Uh, Jared Bayless will, right? Covington will, Embiid will, Gerald Henderson next year. Yeah, uh, I think I think it's one of those like if we don't get if we don't get a couple free agents that the Colangelo regime is thinking we would, then I could see maybe him staying um, as just like a yeah, well we got a veteran anyway, we don't need to go get another one. Um, but uh, if if they get like a KCP or something like that, then I then then he they'll try to find a way to move him. Rashawn Holmes will. Sean Long likely won't. TLC. I hope Sean Long finds a spot somewhere though. He just yeah. rebounds, like does his thing. If he can, if he can, he has a three point shot. It hasn't been going in at much of a rate, but he has like a decent shot. Um, he could be like stretch five rebounder guy. Like, there's no reason why he couldn't do that. Here's my, shot somewhere. here's my prediction. The guys not on the roster next year that are on the roster right now are going, not including the meaningless ones, are, I don't think Sergio will be. I, I'm, I am saying Dario and there, there was that report that said Sergio wants to come back. It's well, like, oh, sorry, buddy. Of course he does, right. Um, I'm saying Dario. I hope he lands somewhere. I think he will too. Sorry. Sorry I'm interrupting you. I'm saying Dario, Nick Stauskas won't be on the team next year. Whoa. Yeah. That feels like more of a race thing. A rate? <laughs> no, I don't count uh, overseas white guys as regular white guys. They're, they're different categories to me. Okay, okay interesting. And they're both uh, – now – That argument's above my pay grade, yeah. but I, I appreciate hearing it. Um, no, I, I think Staskis will be here. And That's, I say Okafor will be. Saying people keep saying – will be? Yes. Oh, my God. You're yeah. never going to hear me say it ever again. Yeah. Uh, I think Stasis will be on the roster next year just because, A, he's improving he over year to year, and he's as a secondary ball handler. Like, Stasis as a as Simmons' point guard 
is like an interesting thing because he can create a little bit, but he's also good off the catch, off the ball. Like I, I want to see that a little bit. And also, he's so cheap that I, I think that if if they give somebody a big contract, they'll need guys of, of that inexpensive to to surround the team with. Um. All right. Uh, next question. Oh, this is come on. Is Joel Embiid a realistic part of the long term plan, or should we start planning to build around Ben Dario and our pick this year? Look, it, his his ceiling is so high that he just he has to be part of the long term plan until he's not anymore. That's my sort of that's my my thought on on Embiid. He'll be fine. He has to be. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, hold on. I just want to get through the replies. How much would you give to Rock for an extension? Now, somebody mentioned to me on Twitter, they were like, well, we could do the Parsons thing where we decline his option next year and try to re-sign him this offseason, right? Because next year is not guaranteed. Isn't it a player option or isn't it a team option? Uh, no, I think um, I think next year is guaranteed. I'm going to look that up. But, where- they, but they can – but they can sign him to an extension like right around the start of the season. Right. So um, it's red. It is a team option, yeah. Yeah, it's a team option. But so, there's no way they're not going to. There's just zero percent. Well, but, but the chance is that the good thing is is you, you're able to sign him this year without worrying about maybe, maybe you get him at a, at a little bit of a discount. Well, yeah, that's I, the deal. Sign him just before the season and extend, do an extend. Right. Well, yeah. no, not an extend, even decline and re-sign. Like, oh, yeah, I'd be fine yeah. with that. I'd be, I mean, yeah, I'd be totally fine. I think they might get a little free agent happy and try to be like, no, we'll, we'll sign you after. We're going to go after these people. And I guess it'll be, they wouldn't, it'd be later on once the free agency is all shake, shook out and stuff. But I, I'm, I'm very concerned about, I've had, I have been concerned for months about them not valuing Covington as well as high as he should be valued and letting him walk somewhere else. But uh, I, I've gotten reassured that they love him. So hopefully that, that they just sign him to like a four-year, $50, 55000000 million deal before the, off, before the season starts and we can I, just be, feel good about it. Yeah, I'd be fine with four and 60. I, I, I'd, be, uh, I'd be totally yeah. fine with it also, but yeah. hopefully the fact that he's only made like a million dollars every yeah. this in his career, the fact that we're offering him a bunch, you know, the safety of that's got to feel somewhat good. I don't know. Uh, next question. Oh, this seems pretty easy. Would you rather the trade we got with the Mavericks for Nerlens, uh, Anderson and an imaginary first rounder, fake first rounder, um, or a hypothetical one with the Celtics for their 2018 first rounder and Terry Rozier? I'd definitely take the Celtics pick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, I, I I like Anderson, and he's he's had a couple of nice games. Um, plays hard. is a is a little is a little clueless occasionally, but um, it's it's weird how the idea of a pick is always better than the person the actual pick that yeah. pick. Yeah. yeah. Well, because it, it's like the backup quarterback thing. Like you know, you until yeah. you see them play, um, it's always it can be the best thing. You know, you can always find a person that was picked at twenty seven that ended up being an all star. Yeah. You know? Give AJ Feely a shot. Yeah. Like that. Um, 
My question concerns jersey violations. Now, I don't do the violations or whatever, but we'll, we'll do the, the question. What process era Sixers jerseys are acceptable to wear in public? Also, are process-related customized jerseys a violation? Um, I think any process era Sixers jersey is acceptable to wear in public. The weirder, the better, you know, yeah. a Samson jersey. The only, I, I, I don't mind like hinky on the back. The only problem I have with anybody's jersey is if you get your own name on the back of it and you weren't presented it by the team or something. Like your own name on the back of the jersey is is not an acceptable thing to me. It's, uh, it should be borderline a felony. Right. For that to happen. Yes. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts on Justin Anderson? Do you v- view him as a viable piece moving forward? I I really think he's something. I I there's something about him, and maybe I'm still just ho- holding on to what he was at Virginia. But I think he's nice piece, eighth-ish man on like a solid like team. I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's worthless. I think if if it's in a numbers crunch, they got rid of him fine but i i think his his size he's a very specific player and certainly a very specific looking kind of player so i think you could do a lot with him and at in those big lineups we were talking about earlier like he'd be an interesting because he's long he'd be interesting to see like if he can body up to some some fours or fives i i think it's worth holding on to him and seeing what you got and giving him like a another year or two to develop uh, I think he's funny, and uh, I think there are worse guys to have on the roster, but I don't think he's good at anything. Um, so um, I don't know. I, 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 every time I talk about him, it seems like I hate him. I think he is a perfect process sort of sixer or tenth guy on a good team. That's sort of how I, I see him. And maybe he'll end up figuring something out, you know, um, if if he – I don't know. Maybe I, I don't. I just I don't see much in him when I watch him, except for energy. So, uh, what are your thoughts on Lonzo Ball? Does his dad's BS affect your opinion on him? Dude's balls out. No pun intended. I made my thoughts on Lonzo Ball pretty clear on the last podcast. Uh, he shoots weird. I'm out. Um, and the the dad stuff. We we had Lavar Ball on WIP yesterday. Like I don't think. Let's put it this way. I don't think it's everything, but I also don't think it's nothing. Like the guy's clearly, um, um, if you read the thing about uh, his effect on his son's high school team this week that was out. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. You know, like I, I, he's just a classic bad dad, and I don't want anyone to be giving him a platform anymore. That's the thing. Just because people say things like, I know you're part of a radio station that did, so I'm not coming at you specifically. Everybody is. Uh, but well, just because someone says something loud and dumb doesn't mean we have to like keep giving him a microphone and being like, oh, more stuff from you. Well, like, I guess, it's just it's just a worthless like society thing that I, I it bums me out. Just like someone can be just a total idiot and be like, "Yeah, this is, we're going to keep giving this guy having this guy on." It's just like, "Shut up, who gives a shit?" Well, you're you're, I, you're a dad, you never did anything. You had you had a couple kids and they play no defense. Like get well, out of there. Like but you're a waste of time. He I hate, is I hate. 
he is sort of more than just being I here would be my defense. Instead of I, I love how a lot of times people blame the media for giving someone a platform. Like sports media, it's just sports. So the 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 point But it's not sports. He's talking about like fighting LeBron's kid and stuff. It's just like shut up. Let him just I feel bad for Lonzo. He's like a he seems like well, a sweet kid and he's playing and stuff and his dad just out there yelling. But I, I don't I don't feel bad for Lonzo, right? Because Lo, Lonzo's a grown up. And if Lonzo doesn't want his dad, 18. right? But if he doesn't want his dad, like, like at practice telling his coaches what to do, then like he should tell, he should go, like, go to school somewhere where his dad can't drive to practice. You know, like, and I know he's. I, a, I don't. He's I a, don't think it's that. I don't think it's that simple when you're when you're a teenager. Uh yeah. I, they they all seem the kids seem pretty Im- implicit in this. I, I I I do agree. Only eighteen. I I guess I just the me. It was like when. When every time Tim Tebow does something and the media reports on it, everybody's like, why do you keep reporting on Tim Tebow? Well, stop clicking on it and listening to it and people will stop will stop, you know, talking about yeah, Tim Tebow. Yeah, but naturally everyone's going to – like if, if there's an inflammatory thing someone says, people are going to click on it. it right. It's, I, I don't know. It, it's uh, just, it's, it just seems like it's a waste of time. It's so – it's just like lowest common denominator shit and it bums me out. Uh, okay, uh, this one is for Spike. Uh, what I don't know why for me specifically, but that's what they said. Uh, what are the chances Embiid signs a team-friendly deal before the start of next season, kind of like what Curry did with the Warriors? Everyone is nervous about his upcoming contract because he can't stay on the floor. Let's say he plays 31 games on the nose again next season. What is the plan moving forward? Do you still match any offer, even if it's a max? I'm curious to see what you believe the Sixers would do. I do think there is a world in which uh, Embiid and his agent don't like, given the history and given the team's support of him and all of this, aren't like, I have to get the max. Like, I, I think there is a chance in which the deal that Embiid would sign is sort of like, is not $8 million a year, but also isn't a max uh, extension. I think that's possible. And I, I would hope that they would... They would consider that going into it. So. I'm worried about them getting cute and doing like a two-year something bullshit. Uh, I just max them out. It's it's not worth it. Well, but it's I, not worth, I, I, it's not worth I, it to yeah. not max them out. It's not worth it to risk him not being there. If he said, if you, st- I mean, you can start at a different place and me in the middle. Maybe it's just shy of a max, whatever. But as long as you lock him up for as long as possible, it's. If he's not healthy, it's over anyway, pretty much. Like, just keep, just do whatever it takes to keep him here for as long as possible. Uh, I'm going to skip the Dario one because we already sort of answered it. Everyone talks about TLC, but I'm so excited about Furkan Korkmaz. I think he could be a true sniper in the NBA. His handle is better than TLC. He's more athletic. He can shoot off the dribble. Depending on who we get in the draft, our backup shooting guard spot could get very competitive. Who starts behind our shooting guard of the future? My money is on Furkan Korkmaz. I don't know. I don't... I, could be. Yeah, I mean, maybe. he still has a lot yeah. of... Derek wrote about it the other day. He still has to... He's still... He's small coming into the draft. He still has to put on some weight. Uh, he is athletic, but he's not much of a defender. He has some handles and he can shoot off the dribble, but uh, I like him. I'm excited for him to come over maybe this year. The, around the t- like whispers around the team I've heard is like One they sort of expect him to come this year, but uh, or at least he wants to. But um, but it might be another year just just for like 
roster availability and stuff and asking him to work on his defense or something. So uh, I'm in no real rush. It's nice to to have like a bunch of other prospects here that we're excited to see and stuff. So it's not too much pressure on Corkman's. Like they're, we're not like hearing about him every day or people aren't like asking when he's ever going to come over. Uh, but he's going to be good. He's going to be fine. I, I'm excited about him. It's gonna, I mean, more fur cons. Okay. Uh, I'll do two more and then I will do my best to go on to Reddit and answer any other ones we didn't answer from my perspective. Uh, let's try to, who I already answered this one, but you can answer. Who on the current roster is a stealth candidate to be traded this off season? Mine is is Dario. What's yours? Yeah, I, I said I. I mean, I had prior to the season when Simmons got drafted. I said, "What does this mean for Dario? Does this mean he's going to get traded at some point?" So it's certainly a possibility. I think he's exceeded all uh, reasonable opinions about what he would be so soon. Um, so I don't think it's going to be that anymore. I think he's so well liked. That I don't think they would do it. This team cares about optics, and you know, trading trading the one guy who's been healthy all year uh, just seems like not a thing that they that they engage in. Um, again, worried about Covington, um, but have been sort of told that it's going to be okay. Um, but yeah, let's say let's say if it's not Dario, because I don't think it would be. I'd say let's let's like sneaky Covington as part of a package to get something bigger. And finally, <clears throat> January was awesome. We all peaked. My question is, will you trade would you trade half of those ten wins to put you twenty one and fifty with even more ping pong balls? Or is the experience for Embiid and Squad more important than increasing the odds of breaking Xfinity live at the lottery party? Um I would not trade that January for anything because I think there is a real possibility that we never like we never there's a real possibility we never get to see that again out of Embiid <laughs> and like yeah. it was so awesome we were it was we had won at that point so I yeah. you know I will take that moment over anything over ping pong I've always been pretty zen about the ping pong ball thing anyway so uh, Fuck the experience for Embiid the experience for us yes. we, we needed that that was yeah. a very needed that was like I mean, it was great. It was the best month of any any of our lives. That's all I'll say. But uh, no, I especially now we're still waiting to see how the balls shake out. The Sixers and Kings could be anywhere from four to seven. The Kings are doing a very nice job of tanking for us. Um, so I'm not like I'm not quite harping on oh what could have been had they lost a couple more. Um, but as long as we're in like if it's four and six or if, I would like I would like to get one of them to four. And, uh, but there's still, you know, 10, 12 games left. So not ready to start going back through the old Spencer Hawes tapes and wishing he missed that shot against Milwaukee. All right. Thanks for all the questions. Uh, go get your, uh, lottery party t-shirts and, uh, and that's it. Right. That was it. I gotta go. I ran into last night at a bar watching, uh, future Sixers. I ran into Chris Ryan. Oh, how's he doing? He's great. Remember I used to think he didn't like me. Oh, did you? I didn't know that you thought he didn't like you. I did. I do. Yeah. We never. We never. We never talked. Yeah. I knew he was a Philly guy, and you, you and him were close. And I was like, he's never. I don't. Like, I've never talked to him. I guess he doesn't like me. I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> I just assumed it was like, yeah, he probably doesn't like me. I think the only reason I had ever met him is because I like. I think I've only seen Chris Ryan in person one time in my whole life. It was with 
him and Andy Greenwald at sugar, the, the now departed Sugar Moms in Philadelphia. And mm. they were there having a drink and they were like, hey, do you want to come? And I told my wife, we are going. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, the Grantland guys are there and we're going. Um, all right. Uh, well, good. Uh, so you guys are – so he likes you now. You're sure. Well, yeah, we met, at, we met at Sharp's wedding. Yeah. Oh, and, right. Um, yeah, he's great. By the way, a hilarious Sharp thing I meant to – um, I, I, I've, I really started to enjoy the open, open floor podcast with Gulliver and Sharp because they're so excruciatingly different and Gulliver gives a lot of shit to Sharp. They're so different. It's great. So the one moment I actually meant to, to DM this to Gulliver to get him to ask on a mailbag is, is Sharp was talking about how he thought like, um, Steph Curry is cool and he said that the reason that he's cool is because he grew up like a like a regular guy and didn't have like the attention on him that LeBron and and stuff like that did. And I just thought to myself, a regular guy, his yeah. da- his dad was in the fucking NBA. Yeah. He, he played like I'm sure he played pickup games when he was eight against like you know Larry Johnson and stuff. He, he's not a regular guy, and it it came out to be true that like like Sharp had had like hung out with Curry for an hour once. So clearly his perspective on Steph Curry, like Steph Curry is not cool, by the way, by any standard. I don't think he's a dork like LeBron is or whatever. I think there's definitely levels of it. But I thought it was cool that he thought Steph Curry had grown up like just a regular guy. (laughs) Like like, what regular is that? Anyway, okay. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. This has been the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, proudly brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. 707 Walnut in Philly, always at LLPavorsky.com. Are you down with TTP? Oh, the silence is deafening. That's right.